Our scripture this morning is going to come from the book of Psalms, chapter 78, if you want to turn there and read just a minute. Psalm chapter 78, we're going to read uh, some verses. Uh, we don't want to read uh, the chapter in its entirety, uh, not all 72 verses of it, but uh, we want to do look at some, uh, uh, some scripture we're going to read about here in just a minute. I think we all uh, understand what a speed limit sign is. Uh, and I say all, even the little ones have to understand. If it says 15 miles an hour, you have to try to keep your vehicle under 15 miles an hour. Now, you may be like me. Sometimes you get into a place and that speed limit uh, just seems like it's way too low. Uh, my vehicle has greater capabilities usually what the speed limit says. Uh, but limits are what we would call boundaries. It's not that we don't have the ability to go outside of that. It's just there's a reason to keep us restrained inside of that. And I tell you that this morning because I want to ask you a, a very personal question. Do we feel like sometimes in our life that we put limits on God not to go outside of? God, as long as you stay within these parameters, God, as long as you stay within these guidelines, my life's going to be happy. I believe we're going to see this morning in some scripture that the limits are not on what God is able to do. The limits are on what God allows us to do. Let me ask you this this morning. What can God not do for you. You can ponder that and you can think about this morning, what are the limits of God? Not the limits that God has on us and the restrictions that God has on us. What is God limited doing? Now there's nothing probably any sadder than, a, than, than, than something that's on a leash or restricted or chained up or caged up because we realize that they desire to be outside of that, but they're stuck inside of those limits. Now our flesh desires to get away from the things of God and the will of God and the ways of God. But when I ask you this morning, the limits of God, what do we say, God, I'm going to handle this and well, God, what can you handle? Sometimes we meet important people in our life and we think, well, they're too busy to handle these small problems. I want you to be clear this morning and understand is that there's no problem too small for God. There's no problem too large for God that God cannot handle. We're going to read in the book of Psalms in the 78th division of Psalm. It's a reminder that God has been good to Israel. I want to read this morning in the 78th chapter and I want to read the 41st verse. Anytime that a heart wanders away from God, this is what happens. Yea, they turned back and tempted God... And limited the Holy One of Israel. This morning, one of my greatest fears is that we limit the Holy One of Israel. Folks, when did God create time? We know that in the very beginning, God spoke all these things into existence. So therefore, if God creates time, and He was on the outside of that, we believe in an infant God that is outside of time. If God created all the heaven and the earth and the universe as we might know it and all the things within inside of that, then that means He existed outside of that. So God exists outside of time. God exists outside of space or what we would consider uh, the, the place by which we dwell. God exists outside of that. For, folks, if God is the creator of all of these things, what can God not do? Are we going to put the limits on him this morning saying, God, you cannot do that? For we see here that the warning went out is that they limited the Holy One of Israel. He says, yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Let's move on back to the 78th chapter just a little bit earlier. 
78th chapter, and I want to listen if we can to the very first verse. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I cannot tell you how many times that my parents, or maybe even a teacher in class, even when somebody else was talking, they would say, don't you listen to them, you need to listen to me. Sometimes I believe in our society, in our churches, and even amongst God's own people, that we need to quit listening to all these other things and listen to God. Give your ear unto Him and what He has to say. You know, a lot of people say, well, that's not possible or that can't happen. I'll tell you this, with God, all things are possible. There's no limits on God. There's no restrictions on God. There's no boundaries. Those boundaries belong to us, but not to God. He is outside of all of these things. He says, give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which ye have heard and known the fathers, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. Skip down just a little bit further there into the ninth verse. The children of Ephraim being armed. I want you to get this vision for just a minute. They had the proper tools. In other words, if God is speaking, what else do we need? Now I want you to ponder that as I say that one more time. What else do we need besides the voice and the words of God? Folks, the word of God is what's where the power is. The word of God will stand when the world is being destroyed by fire. His, world, his word is still going to stand. There's no limits on the power of God. Folks, I believe today the word of God will change the lives of people. Would you agree with that? Would you agree with that? Folks, today the Word of God is not meant for us to look upon and just stare upon. It's meant for it to be consumed and to taken of. And we limit God because we, we sometimes want to say, God, I hope that this can happen or I hope that you will do that. But the limits is, is that we don't have that faith. And we see here that he says, the, the, the children of Ephraim being armed. They were carrying bows and they turned back in the day of battle. You know, we talk so often about how we fight against evil and against wickedness of this world. But I want to ask you something I often wonder. How many people say, well, God, there's no need in us fighting against the wickedness of this world. Even though we've got our arrows, even though we've got your word, even though we've got what we need, we limit God by thinking we cannot win. You know what, I, I, I pray that the church of our Lord Jesus Christ never gets to the point that we feel like that even though we're properly equipped, that we limit God by thinking we shall not overcome. You know what today, folks, we're overcomers here. Overcomers not because of what we've done or because there's a good plan or a good scheme or a good uh, maybe philosophy of things. We are overcomers because of the Word of God and the power of God. That's where our victory comes in this day. For he says there in the ninth verse, and the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows. Do you get this image of people that were properly armed? They had what they needed, but instead of going to battle, notice what they did in the ninth verse. It says, they turned back in the day of battle. Folks, this is not the time that we need to turn back from the battle that's going on in the world today. If we're going to be overcomers and we're going to be victorious in these things, don't limit God in what He can do. How many people are lost? And when I say they're lost, God's convicting power is upon them. 
Not only are they under conviction, the Holy Spirit is upon them to repent. In other words, they have everything they need in order to be saved. But here's the difference. Are they going to pursue? And that's probably a, 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 a fearful term for people to want to use. But the lost people want to pursue or they want to seek after Him to win the battle. Folks, today, if you're lost, you're not going to get more lost. If you're unsaved, you're not going to become more unsaved. You're either saved or you're lost. And if you're lost, what else do you need today? For you have what you need. And how many people today have the proper tools, if you will? They have conviction. God is troubling their heart. But they turn around and leave every single time that the service is over with. They turn around and walk out. Why? Because they do not want to win the battle. Folks, God is not going to make anybody be saved against their own will. You've got to seek after the Lord. It's got to be a desire to you. If God has given you what you need, what else do you need? Can God save you? Folks, God is not limited. God, again, limitations are to restrict. God can save you. You know, let me tell you one of the darts of the devil. One of the darts of the devil is before you get saved, let's go out here and take care of some affairs of our life. Let's go out here and let's do things or let's, let's do a few things today. What you're doing is, is that God has given you what you need only for you to flee and to run from Him. You see today, if you're going to win the battle, you can't try to make amends or to take care of all these things. You must come after Him. For notice what it said. They were carrying their bows and they turned their back in the day of battle. Here we are this morning. I believe today's the 18th of July. Here we are in a day of battle right now. You're in a battle this morning. Today, I don't know what you're battling against. You may be lost in battling being saved. You may be saved in battling whether you sit out with the Lord's church. You may be saved in battling against all the, 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 the addictions and the cares of the world. You're fighting against those. You may be battling in relationships and jobs. I don't know where your battles are, but I know this. God is able. Whatever it is that you're battling against today, don't put the limits on God. The limits are on us and what we can do. But you know what I love about limitations? When we've reached that outer limits, when we've reached what we're capable of doing, that's what's called surrender. When we say, God, this is outside of my realms. I can't control this, but you can. Folks, that is a wonderful place to be in when we realize our limitations, our boundaries, and say, God, this belongs to to you. This morning I want to ask you something. What did you bring to those doors? Or maybe you came in behind me. I don't know. But what did you bring in those doors with you this morning? Well, preacher, I brought some rolls and all this, and I'm, no, I'm not asking that. Talk about what's in your heart this morning. What did you bring in your, with your heart this morning? You may come in with peacefulness, and you know what? I thank God for that, but I, can, I don't know very many times I've not had something on my heart when I walk in the Lord's house. I can't tell you how many times I've awakened from my sleep, and I don't have something on my heart, and God gives us the arrows that we might fight the battle, and sometimes we just want to turn and go the other way. So whatever's on your heart this morning, I'll say this. You do whatever you need to to find peace with God because God can handle it. You know what? We, we, when we say limit things because there's only so many. You know, the elevators are limited when you get on those sometimes. You know why? Because you get too many on there it's not going to go. Folks, you can't overload God. You can't give God too much. You can't get God to where He just can't, he can't handle things. People don't mean, when, when, when about four or five people are talking to me, I just sit there and I'm like, I can't hear a word anybody's saying because too many things are happening and my mind can't process all 
the different conversations and things that are happening. But you know what I love about God is? A, 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 a thousand people on top of a thousand people, on top of ten thousands of people, can all talk to God and He can hear every single one of them. And you know what? This morning I believe this. Even in this gathering of people together, you know what? God can hear us. You know, I, I, I marvel at how that sometimes uh, we get into an altar prayer, what we call an altar service, and we're all just talking to God. And it may just sound like a bunch of rumble, it may sound like a bunch of roaring, but you know what? God's hearing every single one of us. And I pray this morning as you come in this place that whatever God has given you, that you'll not turn and walk away, as He said there in the ninth verse, in the day of battle, but that you'll go after Him. For notice what happened there in that tenth verse. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in His law. Folks, they were intentionally and they were personally uh, going to violate the laws of God. For notice what it said. They kept not the covenant of God. You know what? God has covenants. All kinds of covenants. All kinds of promises of what He's going to do. You know what? God keeps every one of His. But you know what? God's, God's not... God is not limited in the fact that He's not able to keep these things. You and I, we have our faults and our failures. We have those limitations. But God does not. For notice what He says. They kept not the covenant of God and they refused to walk in His law. They knew what God said, but they chose not to do it. I want to ask you something. Do you believe in the clarity of God? And let me just tell you what I mean by that is. Do you believe that God can show you things and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that's what God has spoken to you about? If you've ever been saved, you ought to say amen to that. Why? Because when you were lost, you knew that you were lost. When you got saved, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you got saved. You know these things and they're clear. They knew the commands, <coughs> excuse me, in the covenant of God, but they made a choice. Folks, I can't tell you how many times I've been sure about some things of God. I remember the day when I, when the Lord began to call me to preach and I surrendered. It was as clear as, as anything could ever be clear to me. And not only that, but there's sermons and there's churches and there's pastoring and there's, there's, there's all things that you can know what's on your heart. But you know what? Just because we know what we should do doesn't mean that's what we're going to do. Why? Because we limit God. Has anybody here besides me said, God, are you sure now's the right time to do that? God, are you sure that now's the right time? You see, the day I announced my call to preach, it was Mother's Day. And the devil kept throwing the dart at me. Those people are here. They're ready to go eat lunch with their mothers and, 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 and go enjoy all these Mother Day's festivities. But you know what God said? God kept telling me, now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. You see, this morning, when you come into this place, you have to realize is that God has a purpose and God has a reason. Don't limit God by saying, God, you made a mistake. You really meant for me to do this last week. Or God, you really meant for me to do this next week, folks. God wants you to do it and you need to do it now. For now is the time you've been armored to be saved. Now is the time when you've been given the bows to unite with the Lord's church. Now is the time to do it. Why? Because don't limit God in that He's made a mistake. You know what God wants you to do. For the 10th verse says, They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in His law. You know what, I, I hope this is not true here this morning, but I want to tell you, it is possible for God's people to refuse to do what they need to do. I believe it's possible, and I hope you'll agree with me when I say this, it's a sad place, but it is very possible for people to be lost and refuse to seek after the Lord. And never in the Scripture, refusing to do what God wants you to, has it ever been followed with good things that happen. 
Never has that ever happened. So you see this morning, it's not changed in 2021. If there's something you need to do, then I pray today that you would see that the blessings are going to come with obedience. Not in limiting God and holding God back and restricting God of all these things, but following after Him. For it says, they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in His law. But here's where it gets really sad. They kind of get this amnesia, forgetfulness. And forget His works. How can a group of people forget what God has done? The children of Israel were probably one of the first examples we read about that. God delivered them and you know what? It wasn't long after that that the old devil come in and made them forget about what God has done for you. You know, it's, it's a great concern for me of people that are forgetting about how good God's been to them. Let me tell you something this morning. Whether you know this or not, you are blessed if you've been saved. You're blessed. You've been blessed with all kinds of things. You've been blessed with a salvation that's going to be eternal. But if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, then I want you tonight to, uh, to, to forget about what it's like to be lost and that you'll seek after the Lord and be saved. For notice what he said. And they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Notice what he says in that 42nd verse. Israel had forgot God's goodness, for it says, They remembered not His hand, nor the day when He delivered them from the enemy. How is it possible for people to come to a place that they have totally forgotten what God has done? You know what, I, sometimes I, I, one of my fears is, is that we get to a point as churches that we forget what God has done for us. It's not just so much where we're at and where we're going. But let me ask you this. Is there anybody here this morning been pulled from the fire besides me? Folks, I was pulled from the fire. I was lifted up out of a horrible pit and He set my feet on a solid rock and He established my goings. And I pray that if we're saved this morning, we will not forget what God has done. And you know what? What God's done for me, He'll do for you. He'll do it for your children. He'll do it for your neighbors. He'll do it for your co-workers. He'll do it for, for anybody that needs today a Savior. He'll give them the bows if they'll just go into battle. If they'll just seek after Him, then He is able to do the things. But the people of Israel, notice what happened there. They, 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 they kept not His covenant. They forgot His works. In that 42nd verse there it says, they remember not His hand nor the day when He delivered them from the enemy. Folks, it's hard for me to forget about the hand of the Lord. You know, sometimes we hear a song that talks about the unseen hand of the Lord. Let me tell you this, folks. The hand of God is real in our lives. The hand of God is real and like a, a hand of a parent that will chastise, so is a hand that will always guide us where we need to go. Children get off path. You know what a parent will do? They'll grab them by the hand and their hand will grab them. Sometimes they get them by the head and point them. Sometimes they touch them on the shoulder. Sometimes they grab them by the hand. But you see that hand will reach down and touch. Is there anybody here this morning besides me that God's hand has been upon you in your life? Folks, God's hand has been upon me. When I lay down at night, guess whose hand is there? It's the hand of the Lord. The hand of the Lord is there when we wake up in the morning and He'll give you the arrows that you need and He'll say, now you need to go fight the battles. Folks, the hand of God is upon our lives. May we not forget about the hand of God for I'll tell you this, the hand of God is able to do things nobody else can do. The hand of God will keep us. The hand of God will protect us. Nobody can snatch us out of them. Nobody can take these things away. God is able to do that. For notice what He said there in that 11th verse and it says, and they forget His works and one 
wonders that he had showed them. That 42nd verse says, And they remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. How sad it is for people to get to that place in their life to limit God, saying, well, God, I don't know what you're able to do. Uh, Folks, God is able to do all of these things. For let's skip on down to about the 18th verse. And they tempted God in their heart. Now, you know what the word tempting means, don't you? It means to to test it out a little bit. Let Let me tell you, as children, you know what they like to do with parents sometimes later to test the waters by seeing what they can get away with? You know, sometimes we want to test and tempt God in that sense. We want to see what would what provoke God to anger. Be careful, folks. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. In other words, God, I've got these sinful desires. Let me have them. When God talks about it, and the Scriptures teach us about turning this over to a reprobate mind, The thing is, is that if we're not careful, God will give us exactly what we desire. And I'm going to tell you something, whether you know this or not. I pray that God will show you this. We do not need what we desire, folks. We need holiness. There's things about our flesh that's going to desire things against God. But the thing is, is that God said, you don't need the things of the desiring, the the meat for your lust. For notice what he said in the 19th verse. He says, yea, they spake against God. They said... Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? You mean you know what it means to, 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 to have a table in the wilderness? It gets a little interesting right here. It means to prepare something. You know, there's a difference. You know, this is a homecoming day, and a lot of people have prepared food at home, and they've brought it here. Now, if we didn't have any kind of a kitchen, it would really be hard for you to prepare something here. And this is almost what the people of Israel were saying. They said, God, this is not a proper place out in the wilderness for you to prepare. Not bring us something, but to prepare something. What they were saying is, God, if there's not the proper equipment, then you can't make it happen. Let me tell you this, folks. God doesn't need equipment. He is outside of all of that. God doesn't need any kind of guidelines. He is outside of that. Just because you go to a place and you look around and you say, well, this is a wilderness. There's no way that you can prepare what we need. Folks, I believe this. I believe that God can give you a well right in the middle of a desert. You believe in that? I believe that God can give you food in a place that you would think that God cannot prepare food. God can do it. When you limit God, not many people want to go out into a desert saying, boy, there's an oasis out there. For I tell you this, you dig deep enough, you will find water. You see today, God desires to give us these things, but we must be willing to go after them and seek after them that we might be able to find these things. And they said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? You know what, today there's a question there. And you know what I believe this morning? You may have questions in your life. God, can you give me what I need? Notice what happened. The 20th verse, And behold, he smote the rock, the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Japheth, and anger against, uh, came up against Israel. Because they believed not in God and trusted not in His salvation. Though He had commanded the clouds from heaven and opened the heavens and had rained down manna upon them and had given them corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. Well, you need to process that for just a minute. What can God do? It says man did eat angels' food and He sent them meat to be 
So today I pray that we would realize is that we need to be filled not with the things of ourselves, but with the things of God. And that's what he says there in that uh, 29th verse. He says, so they did eat and were filled for he gave them their own desire. You know, this morning I prayed that we would see that God desires to give us these things. And the problem with the people of Israel here was is that they wouldn't believe. And that's what's happening. I don't know about that 22nd verse is because they believed not in God. They trusted not in His salvation. And notice what He said right there. And I'm going to skip on down to about the 32nd verse. For all this they sinned still and believed not. For his wondrous works. They would not believe these things. Let's skip on over just a little bit later. Again, I don't want to read all of this in its fullness. Let's skip on down to about the 40th verse. We're going to get close to the reading where we said in the very beginning. It says, How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? In other words, God, you gave them what they needed. You gave them what they were able to do, but the thing is, they limited what you were able to do. And it says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. This morning, I want to ask you something. Do you feel like that you've been limited? There's a difference in what you feel versus what we make God. You know, do we feel this morning like we are limiting God and what He is able to do? For I'm reminded of some scripture here in the book of Job. Let me read for just a minute. Job in the 13th chapter. And I'll read to you the 27th verse. Thou puttest my feet also in the stocks and lookest narrowly unto all my paths. Thou settest a print above, uh, upon the heels of my feet. Job said he felt like his, his feet were in stocks. And he said, I'm limited. I could not go anywhere. You know what? I'm glad this morning that God keeps us in, in check, if you will. I'm glad that God keeps in us a certain place and that God puts limits on us. I'm glad when you drive down the road that there's a sign that says speed limit 20 miles an hour because there's some people that says I'm glad that's the speed limit because it'll slow others down. Others are going to say well I wish it was higher so I'm going to do what I want and I tell you that because I thank God for limits in our life. For the limits in our life are, are, are God trying to say, I want to keep safety. I want to keep your life protected. I want to keep your life pure. But you know what? Sometimes we think, well, this ain't right. I have capability of doing more. Let me tell you this. You have the ability to do outside of what God asks you to do. When God says stop right here, you have the abilities to step outside of some of those things. And you know what we do? We test God. We step outside of that. But you see today, God's going to put boundaries and restrictions for you and for me. But are we going to step outside of those? Job said, Lord, I, I feel like today that you have put my feet also in the stocks and thou hast looked us narrowly upon all my paths. Thou set us to print upon the heels of my feet. Do you feel restricted here this morning? I'm going to read one more place, if I may, in the book of Leviticus chapter 25. And I'll close in just a minute. The year of Jubilee. In the book of Leviticus chapter 25. Remember when we talk about restrictions. Not restrictions on God. But restrictions on us. You may be here this morning. And sin has just really shackled you. And brought you in. Well the year of Jubilee is a, a very interesting scripture to read. For I want to skip down Leviticus 25. And let's skip down to about the ninth verse. Thou shalt cause the trumpet of the Jubilee. To sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound 
throughout all your land. You see, if, if a person's ever sold into slavery, the year of Jubilee was a time that they were going to be set free. Now, I do believe in God setting free, but anyway. And ye shall hollow the 50th year and proclaim liberty. Now, notice what happens. These people were shackled under slavery. All the mortgages that they ever had, all the indebtedness they have, the year of Jubilee come along, and it was a time all those things were going to be set free. You want to read about, study about what liberty means. We know what liberty means. It means to be set free and to proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and you shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. Folks, today, the year of Jubilee is about being freed. You know, I believe this morning that God desires to free us from the sin that we're in. God desires to free us of that. God has the ability to free us. God has the ability to set us out of sight of that, that, that limitations of what we have. But do you really believe that God is able to do that this morning? Or do you believe God has limits? Well, God, I, I know this person's at home, but I don't know if you can reach them. Yes, he can. God, this person may come to church, but they just seem like their heart is hard. Uh, you know what? God can reach them. God has no limitations. And I pray this morning as we come together in this place that we would not be found guilty of what we read there in the 78th uh, Psalm and in that 41st verse, how it talks about how that and they limited the Holy One of Israel. May God set us free this morning uh, from all the sinfulness that keeps us from a proper relationship with Christ. I want to get a song this morning if we could. Uh, those are the scriptures I had upon my heart. Do you feel like this morning that God is speaking to you? Do you feel like God is drawing you to a place and to set you free? Uh, that's what the year of Jubilee was about, setting people free. Uh, today, folks, our limitations, we don't want to be restricted by sin. We want to be free in the Lord. And now in our flesh, He puts these restrictions upon us. But we need to be free in our soul. Is there one soul that's here this morning that you're not free? Uh, if you're not, then I pray that this will be the day that you would be. As we stand together and sing the song with a chant you've picked out.